peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to the Softly Performance Podcast, Lunch and Learn Series, Chapter 6, Episode 2 on Psychological State. We're going to go ahead and get this show started, passing over to Matt to go ahead and break down what we're going to be covering. It's on you, Matt. Nice one. Thanks, George. So, yeah, as, as is traditional now, episode two, this is looking at, at how the, the topic, so in this instance, psychological state, is relevant to the tactical community. So last episode, we 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 were kind of very much focused on, on the individual. So kind of turning the spotlight to look at you. Now what we want to do is, is extrapolate this stuff to think about how do, how do you, or how does that individual affect kind of the, the teams and the, the cycles uh, sort of around that. So we know that within the, the tactical community, a lot of our work, regardless of service or, or branch is done in normally small groups. Um, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this this kind of idea of if you think back to teams you've worked on, there's there's classically there's someone who's always really depressed and always down. And and you can kind of you can kind of remember or think about what effect that person's kind of mood, output, psychological state had on like the, the rest of the team. It's it's not it's not someone that you, you kind of want to be around. Conversely, if there's if there's people that are really positive and really kind of active and want to want to get after it. They're the sort of the the inspiration that that kind of lifts people up and, and makes you want to get out and, and get after things. And we often look at leaders as an example, just because they're that's kind of an exaggerated side of things. But it's just as it's just as important within the team. So what we what we're kind of diving into today really is this idea of how, how the the state, the psychological state that an individual is in, can have very real effects on those around them and sometimes that's not immediately obvious but it's it's super important when we when we come to look yeah. at like longevity and the the well-being of that team I, I just i don't know whether you've got any kind of examples that are spring to mind george in terms of teams you've been on or in in the past where where you can kind of I relate mean, to that i think to be completely honest yes right i i, mean, I think i know when it's it's, yeah, it's me too. everyone I think who's <laughs> been or not even think keep using the word thing. Everyone that has been in a team in some way, shape, or form, no matter if it's a tactical or a sports setting, you right away know that if there is an individual on that team who is having a bad day, it is noticeable and it's felt and it does have a ripple effect on the team. We can go ahead and take it from the sports world, and I think it was uh, there was a a case study paper I had to do for school one uh, last year, and it was on a female soccer team two of their key players were having problems outside of practice and out of outside of the sport that they played one was dealing with a family loss and having to work through that the other one was dealing with some school problems as well as some actually player peer on peer problems as well which caused a really bad psychological state in each of the players the motivation decreased their leadership abilities decreased their ability to actually react to the ball and actually play the sport to their potential decreased what happened to the whole team from there we saw it it, it 
the team also started to feel the effects, afraid to talk to some of the athletes on the team. The two that were having problems weren't coming out and saying they were having problems. The only reason why they found out was because the coach finally called them out in front of everybody and then had to pull them aside and figure out what was going on when this could have been mitigated on a completely, totally different level. Now, when we go into a military team or a fire team in terms of a firefighting, if you work in a team that way, even if it's small to big, we use your firehouse, for example. We'll use the SWAT team you're on for LEO, first responder, your team on that ambulance. The reason why it's super important to have a really healthy psychological state going into some of these high-risk environments is due to the fact that if you have a D, again, goes back to the first episode, if you're having a negative psychological state for the day, your tolerance to stress now has just become that much more uh, sensitive. You're, you're a little bit more sensitive to it. But if I was to go ahead and come in again, like I said, with a positive headspace of a psychological state, I can tolerate the job. I can tolerate stress way more than if I wasn't. So how does that go ahead and have a ripple effect on the team? Well, if you're having a negative phys- uh, psychological state kind of day, right, or mood, you can really go on that fire in that fire call. You have now just lowered your team's potential to actually be successful. I don't know what the number is, but you just lowered their ability to go ahead and reach their full potential there compared to if you had it the opposite. Yeah. I, absolutely. And I think this is this is another another one of those cases where we start to deviate as a as a tactical profession. We start to deviate away from like the boardroom and things like that. Because again, I appreciate there's things on the line within within that setting, but you can if you're if you're sat at the desk um, and you're you're kind of you're working more of an admin role, you can there's a bit more buffer, there's a bit more kind of breathing. You can get away with having a bad day with like like kind of the examples you were describing, George. If you've got like a team who's who's going on going into a shower or going out for a call who are really frustrated, really pissed off, or whatever that's that's going to legitimately affect kind of decision making and and problem solving and things like that and we we know for for instance for instance if you think of something like uh, like law enforcement that like that ability to make a snap decision on sort of threat threat assessment and things like that is Correct. is literally life or death um and and you don't have that buffer of like um, of being able to, to it, make a mistake and, and kind of wind it back. And that's where this stuff no is no longer so a shot over the top post from the 18. And I missed it. It's no longer that. Yeah. It, it, the consequences are, yeah. are way much higher than that. And when we go ahead and look at it from that perspective, again, it goes back to this idea of this emotional-based thought process to this logical-based thought process. And if we're in this emotional negative spiral thought process, our ability to make sound decisions when it comes time to it, you're actually now being driven through emotion instead of logic, right? And when we get taught when we get taught how to do weapon malfunction drills and we get to, you know, learn how to do your job, especially if you're a firefighter who has to go ahead and make sure the pumps are running properly and you have to move the ladder, you got to do all these different things. The police officer is on a SWAT team who's getting ready to make entry into a house. All of those things require a logical thought process, not an emotional based one, because that's what's going to keep you alive. We can see it. <laughs> History repeats itself. Let's go in and watch movies. We can see what happens when an individual is driven through an emotional thought process and they react in an emotional based 
way, what ends up happening? We either lose somebody, someone gets blown up, or you do something to another, you do something to the enemy, which then actually has effect on other people around you as well. We've seen that happen. So it's kind of one of those things when we get down to this concept of the idea of understanding working in a team and carrying these negative thought processes only is only going to hurt you and you then decrease yourself from being an asset and become more of a liability. And we talked about this again. I've I did a podcast about this as well and like the idea of like working in a team. For you to work in a team, you must bring value. If you are having a really rough day, do you bring value to the team? No, and that's ultimately what it is. And how do you bring value? Well, it is your job and your own ownership to make sure that your psychological state is at its at is prime to handle your job. And again, I don't, we don't talk about it much. It's the elephant in the room as much as you want to say that it's not, but it is. And we can go ahead and say people talk about mental health, but it's not the idea of mental health. It's the idea of this ongoing psychological state that is very negative that only just creates a spiral effect where it's no longer six feet down on the ground. It's now like 30 feet. And now we have to teach someone how to climb out of that to get back onto the ground and wipe themselves off and keep moving forward. Yeah. And, and the other thing with the, like the, the tactical community and, and these teams is, is remembering that the, the support network is super important. So it's not just the four or five guys that are, that are on that squad or on that shout. It's each one of those has got like friends, family, people they, they kind of rely on. And if at any point you've got one of those chains, you've got someone who's kind of struggling or having a bad day, that's going to indirectly affect that person, which then indirectly affects the team. So I think we, we maybe need to start doing a better job of, uh, and I know with, with programs, initiatives like POTIF and stuff like that, there's, there's been more of a focus on that. I think that's really important. They're taking, taking care of the people quote unquote back home or like who are, who are not obviously part of the team, just making sure that they're, they're kind of doing okay from a, a psychological perspective and a, just kind of health and health and well-being. And it goes down to this, right? When we go ahead and look at a tactical professional and their support system, it is massive. Why? Because of the fact that we are now taking into consideration social environmental factors as well, right? When we talk about environmental factors, that is also a psychological state. You are now creating a specific type of environment for people to work in that is not going to be healthy and it's going to only create more consequences down the road. And this kind of, this comes down to the way we kind of, the way I started this whole conscious warrior framework, our system was based off the biopsychosocial model, right? Which is the interconnection between biology, psychology, and social environmental factors. We are no longer looking at these as individual spheres. We are now interconnecting them to where they can work in unison together to go ahead and only amplify the individual to have a healthy lifestyle. So why wouldn't we not go ahead and bring this to to light being that, hey, look, as well as all these other portions of the psychological state, to go ahead and have a really healthy psychological state, you need a really strong social environment, right? Social support network. And I had to learn that the hard way. You know, luckily when I was in the Marine Corps and doing my thing on deployments, I didn't have to worry about no one else but me. I didn't, you know, my parents were back home, but I wasn't married to somebody. I didn't have to worry about any of those things. 
So it was a little bit different for me in that moment. But when I started to recognize getting into ultra endurance and going out and running for five, six, seven hours, being a full-time dad, being a, some, a fiance, a boyfriend, becoming a husband, I had to start thinking about them as well and not being so much like, oh, fuck it. I can run for six hours and not think about it. I now had to be like, all right, I got to balance this out as well. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people can go ahead and relate to that now because I can see it now in the military, you know? Your, your intensity of work is high. How do you go ahead and create a healthy support system that allows for you to maintain a high intensity level to do your job? That's where you have to look at your social support network as the balance between the intensity of being high and the balance of intensity of being low and utilizing those two. And if you have both of those at a high intensity, it's one's going to fail no matter what. So it's learning how to not snap, but stretch the two to be able to get the most out of yourself. And I'm really happy that we're bringing this to light in this episode because it's not just, you know, hey, your brain does this or this, whatever else. No, it's like, hey, to create this feeling awareness, you have to recognize your environment around you and understand that we're all mirrors. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. So, you know, when it comes down to this episode and, and, you know, what we're going to be going into next, I, I... I really hope that we can go ahead and take the idea of working in a team and the experiences that you have had and be able to recognize them and call them out and be like, okay, cool. Why did this happen? How was I feeling then? Or who was feeling a little bit down in that time period? Awesome. You're, you're, you're doing, you're starting to understand and recognize it. Right. Yeah. I think just like you talked about, like in in episode one, the the idea of, of, starting those mental check-ins almost like like you're encouraging with your daughter i think i think if you if you try and go about it like ask about face so you try and work on you go up to the the guy or girl in your team who seems depressed and and just kind of hammer that first like hammer all your attention there i I think it it can sometimes be misplaced i think you're probably better off like getting you sorted first so you've got like a solid foundation and then from there you you can then kind of branch out and and start affect just like just like kind of when you're you're uh, on an aircraft you know they always instruct you to make sure you sort your own oxygen out first before you help those around you i think this is exactly the same i think you have to be kind of the the solid foundation first before you then start kind of reaching reaching out otherwise it's not like a solid it goes back to the point. idea of self-aid buddy coordinate <laughs> that's just something that i got from the military right hey self-aid make sure you can provide aid for yourself and then make sure your buddy can provide aid and then from there you go to the next level of aid but it starts with us and i that's where that whole reverse engineering is what we're looking at because right now everyone's relying on that third level of care which it doesn't start there. You can go there, but if you're not doing the first two, you're fucked. So again, if you guys have any questions regarding this podcast, please email us at george at softly.com or matt at softly.com.